What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Amateur Like a T.I.S. podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai. Shields got a good show here for you on this first Saturday of the new month, first Saturday of the month of May, May the 1st, the year 2021. Give you my thoughts on Aaron, on this whole Aaron Rodgers fiasco with the Green Bay Packers that has emerged over the last few days. Uh, do my best to, well, not do my best, I am going to do my best, but recap uh, the 2021 NFL Draft as it came to a close here uh, late Saturday afternoon, early Saturday evening, and give you uh, my two cents because LeBron James has returned to the court to uh, be the uh, MC, or not MC, but be uh, the captain for the Lakers ship as they try to make a playoff push here as we uh, as we uh, come into or come down the stretch as far as the NBA playoff chase is concerned. Um, which is weird, you know, I'm doing a show early May and I'm doing, you know, and it's 70% is football. But that's what happens when you have, you know, Aaron Rodgers going out there making news and of course you have the NFL, uh, you also have the uh, NFL draft. But let me give you my thoughts on Aaron Rodgers first, and then I'll get to the draft and get to some other things. Uh, first off, as far as Aaron Rodgers is concerned, I, I mean, I to be honest with y'all, I don't even know where to begin. Because it's, I understand that the, that the Packers made a colossal mistake in drafting Jordan Love with last year's first round pick in the draft back in April considering that they got their doors blown off by the 49ers in the NFC Championship game three months prior and I understand that the Green Bay Packers are in a certain situation where they need to build around Aaron Rodgers and essentially do all they can move heaven and earth to make sure that Aaron Rodgers can get to another Super Bowl title before he either retires or contract whatever's up with Green Bay or something or you know whatever but the fact that which so I, so I get Aaron Rodgers frustration on that end the Packers and I came on here and I told you all this it was the most mind-boggling dumb bonehead inane mistake that the that the Packers could make you get not just beaten, but embarrassed by the 49ers in the NFC Championship game, and you decide to go out there and use your, and waste your one and only first round draft pick on a project when you're in a win when you're quote unquote win now championship contender. I didn't understand that, still don't understand it, and I got and I understood and I agreed with Aaron Rodgers being frustrated and being pissed wholeheartedly at the Green Bay Packers after that. I get that, and I totally understand that I get it and you know there's been rumors there's been talks that Green Bay essentially didn't keep Aaron Rodgers in the loop of what was going on and again a horrific job by Green Bay's part but having said all of that Aaron Rodgers needs to needs to grow, grow up here to be quite honest with you the fact that he came out on Thursday, a few hours before the draft, and came out and said that he is quote-unquote reportedly done playing football for the Green Bay Packers is is a joke. Because it, 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 
because Aaron Rodgers has the perception with his diva like with his diva like passive aggressive behavior and passive aggressive attitude that the reason why Aaron Rodgers hasn't gotten to another Super Bowl yet is because of the Green Bay Packers. And that's a half truth. The reason why Aaron Rodgers, if he's upset at the fact that he hasn't gone to a Super Bowl with Green Bay since 2010, been 10 years ago now, it's half and half. Half of the blame falls on Green Bay, half of it falls on Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay blowing a first round pick on a on a on a project quarterback Jordan Love who stinks after they got embarrassed in the championship game a few months prior. I mean, again, when I don't understand it and I don't get it. But on the flip side, and I understand that Rodgers was annoyed at the fact that the Packers didn't keep him in the loop. But on the same side, Rodgers has to understand that he was in that same situation Love was in in 2005 when he got drafted when Brett Favre was still the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. So he has to, I understand him being upset. I understand him being annoyed. But he also has to be realistic and understand that it's a business. That at one point in time, 15 years prior at that time in 2020, that Aaron Rodgers was in that exact same position Jordan Love was and got drafted in the first round, late first round, by Green Bay while Brett Favre was sitting there. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers had to wait his turn for three years until 2008 when Brett Favre left and Rodgers has been the starting quarterback for Green Bay ever since. So I get that. I understand the timing of it was bad. I understand that from what I understood, from what from what I got over a year ago, that they didn't keep them in the loop with their, with their plans to draft and possibly it looks like to develop Jordan Love to whenever Aaron Rodgers leaves. I get that, but on the same flip side, Aaron Rodgers has to understand that, and I should have brought this up last year, but I didn't. But I'll bring it up now in relation to this: is that it's a business. That the Green Bay Packers organization is still going to be around for a long time after the is going to be around for a long time after, and is still going to have to compete and win championships and try to compete for more Lombardi trophies once Aaron once Aaron Rodgers retires. They have to understand that. They got they they got Aaron Rodgers has to understand that the Green Bay Packers organization isn't going to go bye bye once number twelve hangs it up. He has to realize that, and he has to get that, which he clearly does not. And it is not all, it's some, but it's not all the Green Bay Packers' fault why he didn't get to Super Bowl 55 when he lost to the Buccaneers, which is what he's upset about. Should of LaFleur kick the field goal when they were down eight points inside Green, out inside of Tampa's 10 or 5-yard line, whatever it was? Should, have, should LaFleur not have kicked the field goal and decided to go for it? Absolutely, positively, yes, you should have. Is it Lafleur's? Is was that Lafleur's fault? And does that fall on Lafleur and play calling and coaching? Yes, absolutely. But at the same time, the play prior, when it's third and goal, no one's open, and Aaron Rodgers has a clear path to tuck it and run it into the end zone. He doesn't do it, which falls on him. 
and I said this at the time, and I'll say it again, the reason why they lost that championship game falls on the shoulders of the Packers, as far as coaching, da-da-da-da, and Aaron Rodgers. Because it was bad play calling, yes, and they got and they got out-coached and outplayed in certain scenarios in certain areas by Tampa. But you can blame Aaron Rodgers for the fact that, you know, when he had to bring his team home when Brady threw three interceptions in a conference championship game, all in the second half, they walked away with three points out of the three turnovers. Turned over the football three times, they only got a field goal out of it, out of those three gifted possessions, which falls on the shoulders of Rodgers. He's the quarterback making all this money, future Hall of Famer, this, that, and the other. It falls on him. He's the quarterback, got to bring his team home. And also... Also, that third and goal where he should have ran it into the end zone, and he did not, which, again, falls on Rodgers. And then LaFleur, of course, decided to kick a field goal when it down eight points. That is uh, That you can put in the Packers section. But the fact that Aaron Rodgers decided a few hours before the first round of the NFL draft, which was – and the first NFL draft that we've had in two years – where we've had people in person, no, or excuse me, where we've had people in attendance, fans in attendance, and it has the feel of quote-unquote back to normal with a regular NFL draft. And the fact that he came out and, and either orchestrated it or allowed it to leak to Adam Schefter of ESPN that he was quote-unquote done with the Green Bay Packers a few hours before the, before the draft started is an absolute disgrace. A disgrace. A day, nevertheless, a whole weekend that is dedicated to these college Division One players that work their tails off from Pop, from Pee Wee to Pop Warner to if they had middle school football, middle school football to high school JV varsity, all the way up through up through college for those for those three, if not four years, up until this point. That night and this weekend, that Thursday, Friday, that was about them. And their accomplishments, them uh, accomplishing their childhood lifelong dream. It was about them. The attention, the the immediate attention, the talk, the chatter was about was supposed to be about these co- about these young men, these college kids graduating from quote unquote college football, so to speak, and getting the ultimate promotion, seeing their lifelong childhood dreams come true, and that's getting drafted with the opportunity to play. If not, well, in the well, in Lawrence case, of course, but you get the idea to play in the National Football League this upcoming uh, this upcoming fall. And instead of us talking about, and instead of letting the the twenty, the twenty, the twenty one, twenty two, if twenty three year old kids have their day and have their moment. It's half and half, and we're distracted, and we're not talking about it because instead we've got to divert and give and and, and and have a diversion and commute our attention to Aaron, to whether or not Aaron Rodgers is happy in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and the fact in and his fickled feelings and him being at wit's end with Green Bay, telling certain players and certain teammates and certain coaches that he's done with the franchise unless they fire the GM, which makes apps from which from a Green Bay perspective makes absolutely no sense. Cause why in the world would you fi- why in the world would you fire your GM right after you had the NFL draft? These comments came out right in the middle of the draft, so why would you fire your GM right in the middle of when of when he's the most act of of uh, is of when he's the most active out of the entire calendar year? 
and then now the draft is over, why would you fire him after he basically drafted and essentially constructed or constructed a roster that he isn't going to see that he isn't going to see pan out because you kicked him out the door and gave him the pink slip? Why? 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 And if Aaron Rodgers was that mad at, 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 at Green Bay, instead of him being passive-aggressive and instead of him essentially, you know, giving us a bunch of uh, coded messages right after the championship loss, he should have came, if he was this pet peeve that Green Bay, he should have came out, he should have came out and, 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 and said this before the NFL draft. Why is Green Bay going to do something with the GM right after we just had a draft? He ain't going anywhere. If you were that annoyed by him, you should have said something. You should have said something February first, or March first, April first, not May first, not even May first. But should have said some March or February first, not May thirtieth, May first. No, Aaron, you do not get the just because you're a star quarterback of the Green Bay Packers and you're the quote unquote poster boy of that franchise right now doesn't and you can call us shots in certain areas the. World and the Green Bay Packers organization. I know this might be. I hate to piss on your bonfire and I hate to wake you up out of this deluded reality that you're in, but it doesn't revolve around you. I mean, I, I mean, he is the most weird, most weird, confusing, fickled person in the NFL. He was like, oh yeah, I'm coming back, coming back. Yeah, we plan coming. Now all of a sudden he's done. Well, what changed? Aaron, what changed? Uh, please tell me. What has changed between, yeah, open and coming back, we'll see what happens, you know, optimistic, hope for the best, glass half full, whole nine yards, and, and then it went to, I'm done, I want to get out of Green Bay. What changed? What, Sh Shailene Woodley, whoever that is? What changed? I mean, you, I mean you, you had the number one seed in the NFC, and all you said was that you want to get it. You wanted to get a championship game in Lambeau Field so bad because all the other championship games you've played since you've been quarterback with Green Bay, you've played them on the road. All I heard about prior heading into the playoffs and all through January and December, all nine yards, is that how how badly you wanted to get an NFC championship game in Lambeau. So what has changed? What exactly has changed? What happened to you that was so bad, that was so egregious, that pissed you off so much that you won out of town? Let me know. I'll be here all day. I, I mean, I just, I, I don't get it. When, when one day he feels this way, the next day he feels another way. Like, what the hell? I, 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 I don't get it. I really, really, really don't get it. And the fact that he would announce this on draft day a few hours before the draft, whether he orchestrated it or allowed it to get leaked, is 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 is, is absolutely disgraceful. Because that day and the hours leading into the draft should about those should about those should have should have been about those young kids and not thirty seven year old Aaron Rodgers, who was in his feelings like Kiki because you know it isn't exactly paradise up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And don't get me wrong, the Packers have had their flaws. They should, they, I mean, free, they've been very uh, frugal when it comes to free agency spending in the past. They didn't do it. They didn't do a, uh, f they did an okay job in my eyes with the draft this past year. 
Uh, you know, he got Devontae Adams there, so I don't hear to talk about he doesn't have help. He's got a decent running attack in Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams is a hell of a wide receiver. It isn't like he hasn't had good wide receivers in the past with the days of uh, Randall Cobb and uh, Jordy Nelson. So I don't want to hear that. But you know, the Packers in the past haven't, you know, have been frugal as far as free agency is concerned. And I understand the whole Jordan Love thing. They did not handle it properly, and and it, and it doesn't look good, you know, when you get destroyed by the 49ers in a championship game, and then four months later you use your first round pick on a on a quote-unquote project quarterback when, you, when, you, when the state of your franchise is to win now and compete for championships while Aaron Rodgers is still playing in your uniform. I get that. But on the flip side, Rodgers has to understand this business, and he was in the same situation that Love was in back in 2005, 15, 16 years ago. I get that as well. And I also get the fact that the Packers on the floor, bad job down by down by eight points, decides to kick a field goal late in the game against Tampa. I get that. But also it's Rodgers' fault because there's no way in the world why Tom Brady, who threw three, if I got it, if I if my memory serves me correctly, and I'll look it up just to double check, but who but threw three interceptions in that NFC champion in that NFC championship game. Uh, against against uh, Green Bay in the second half. Ain't no way in the world why, why Brady throws three interceptions in the NFC Championship game and you walk away get three, three free possessions with those turnovers. And there ain't no way in the world you, you walk away from those three gifts that you, because they were gifts, you walk away from those gifts with, th- with, uh, with three points. That's unacceptable. That 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 that's that's unacceptable, unacceptable. It's just I mean you 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 can't you can't defend it. Three interceptions. Yeah, I got it right. You can't you can't defend it. Can't defend it. So the blame on why Green Bay hasn't gotten back to the Super Bowl and why Aaron Rodgers has lost the 2014, the 2016, 2018, and 2020 NFC Championship games. It's the Rodgers, Rodgers, and the Packers are both at fault. There's no, there's no guilty and innocent. There's no right and wrong. They're both equally as guilty for why they haven't gotten back to a Super Bowl in ten years and why they've lost four consecutive NFC Championship games that they've appeared in. It's both. It's both. It's they're both at fault. Not one or the other. They're both in the wrong. And again, for Rodgers to for Rodgers to do that, it's low. It's it's low. It's childish. It's pathetic. It's petty. And it's it's immature. And it's and he and he comes and he comes off as a complete, complete, complete and utter douchebag. I mean, what what who 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 does that? Who does it? That night and that and those three days are supposed to be about the young players that haven't had an NFL career yet. Rodgers has had his NFL career. Those players getting drafted on Thursday night in the first round, they they it, their time's coming. Rodgers has had his draft day. You know how would you you know how would Joe Burrow like it 
if last if last spring Brady announced the you know about a few hours of the day of the first round of the NFL draft, how'd you like it if Brady came out and said I'm no longer returning to the on that same day came out and said I'm not returning to New England Patriots. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go down uh, south to Florida and sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you think Joe Burrow or Clyde Edwards-Alaire or uh, or Chase Young or Justin Herbert or any or any of those guy or any of those guys uh, and or any of those guys would, would have liked that on what's to be the, on what's supposed to be their big night, accomplishing a lifelong childhood dream, and instead old Tom uh, steals the headlines because he announced he's leaving the Patriots and going to Tampa. You think Tom Brady would do that? Not a chance. Not a chance. His Tom Brady gets that. He 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 gets it. Aaron Rodgers, the 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 diva Aaron Rodgers who thinks he's Alex Trebek. Uh-uh. And again, part of me likes Aaron Rodgers, but you know, and I, he's good. He's 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 good. He's a good interview. You get him on an interview. Good to the media. He's you know he's he's got a he's got a funny nonchalant suave uh, uh, manner about him you know watching him watching him play football is a thing of beauty but my goodness gracious if he had a nickel for every single time he sulked and pouted on the field when something doesn't go his way or when he pouts on the sideline or this passive aggressive childish gooberish nonsense he's playing right now makes him it's very unbecoming and it's and it, and, it, and it makes him very unlikable and 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 hard to take and hard and hard to understand it really does good because th- this is ridiculous this this, this 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 is nuts and 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 room and I'm again not saying these rumors are accurate, but I'm hearing rumors rumors that well you know his newly fiance who I've never heard of prior to prior to three months ago is pulling the strings with this with him wanting to get out of Green Bay, really, really, Shailene Woodley whoever that is really. I mean, she came out and said she had no idea that Aaron Rodgers played football. Now, all of a sudden, she's going to play uh, a second GM in Green Bay and essentially make Aaron Rodgers force his way out of Green Bay. What type of crap is that? And again, and and why in the world would Aaron Rodgers allow, allow his significant other to essentially pull his strings... To get, to get his girlfriend's way, essentially, to get him out of Green Bay. If Shailene Willie doesn't like living in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't want to live with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay for the next three, four years, tough. Tough. Well, it's harsh. Well, Jai, who are you to say? Look, listen, let me tell you something right now. If I was worth like Aaron, if I was worth millions like Aaron Rodgers is, and is an all-time great at my profession, in my case, sports casting, his case, playing football, an all-time great and a legend within the franchise that I've played for for the past, as a starter for the last 12, 13 years, uh, been a part of and, you know, been a part of for the last 15, 16, it'd be a cold day in hell before I let some woman that I newly just met within the last year or so sit up here and, and pull my strings and trying to get me to leave out of the place that A, I'm paid a lot by, 
B, I'm loved by the, by my uh, by my uh, by my fan base, and C, I'm a legend in that area area, and will go down as not just the games, but as that fran- one of the franchise's greatest quarterbacks of all time. I'd be a cold day in hell before I let some woman come sit here and say, "Well, you, you know, why do we gotta live in Green Bay? Why can't we live there? Why can't we live there? Why do you want to live here?" Ah, shut up, shut up. If it, the last time I checked, romantic love between two individuals is supposed to be. It, it doesn't matter if you're living in Green Bay, Wisconsin, Denver, Colorado, Baltimore, Maryland, on Mars, on Venus, or on the Moon, or or in or in Bora Bora, or in Walla Walla, Washington, or in White Plains, New York, or Athens, Georgia, or Athens, Greece, or Saint Petersburg, Russia. It's it's supposed to be unconditional, no matter. Where no matter where they live and what their occupation is and whatever money they're making or their status or their fame or whatever, it's supposed to be unconditional. And I and I, and, and I, if someone came to me, I'd be like, look, you got a choice. You either if you committed to me and we, then this thing's gonna work, turn into a marriage, this, that, and the other. Listen, my life, my professional life, and my career. And uh, my professional life and my career is in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Is the weather is the is the is the weather is the weather so, sometimes tough to take in the winter time? Yes, absolutely. But it's all it's all worth it if I'm considered quote unquote a quote unquote god here. They the fan base loves me. I'm gonna go down as the franchise all time great quarterbacks, and they're paying me a fortune. And by the way, we're 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 considered Super Bowl contenders every single every single year. I'm their starting quarterback. Be a cold damn hell before I let some woman come around come around sit here talking about can we get out of Green Bay, Wisconsin? No, it's it's either it's either you want it's either you leave Green Bay, Wisconsin, or you stay here with me. You choose. It, if 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 location and 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 address and and region and warm weather matters to you more, more than me, then so be it. Then then give me my ring back and you go out there and live wherever you want to live. But my life, my prof- my professional life, my career and my career earnings is located here in Green Bay. And if you don't like it, tough. Take it or leave it. I'd be damned unless some woman dragged me around. Super talking about, oh, I gotta live here. Listen, if I'm big at if I'm big at Sirius XM and and I'm living, you know, in one in some nice apartment building over in Manhattan or in Queens or in the Bronx or something or other, and my girlfriend, prefer, or my girl or my fiance or newly married wife who you know who I just met within the last three years or so, and I've been at Sirius for let's say roughly ten years, making a decent making you know. You know, and my sal and my and I make about, you know, I'm a popular talent there. I make about five million a year. I I'd be damned if I'm let some woman coming coming up in here and tell me to move out of there to move out of there because she doesn't like it there. Well, if you love me for me and you're supposed to love me, you should love me regardless where we live and, and where the location is and what the weather's like. If 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 you get if you if three feet three feet snowstorms be damned it, 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 some stuff just does not matter especially especially if I had hit my peak of my fame and notoriety and and I'm making the big bucks especially if I started doing that before I met you Aaron Rodgers was a superstar and was a multi-million dollar quarterback 
one of the Green Bay Packers goats and one of the game's best long before this Shailene Woodley person ever came into the picture. And the fact that he would steal, that's what he did, steal the attention from the young prospects is a disgrace. The draft weekend and the weekend of the NFL draft is about them, not you and your whereabouts and you being quote-unquote done with the Green Bay Packers. That's a bunch of garbage. 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 Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden he's unhappy. I mean, what, 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 what changed? What changed? I mean, he he's coming off as extreme, as extremely passive aggressive, a diva, childish, and immature. And he he and he's just such a fickle human being. He is. And this is the same guy, keep in mind, that, we, that you know, he and Danica Patrick <clears throat> were joined at the hip, what, about two, three years ago? And then look how that relationship turned out. I mean, with all due respect to Aaron Rodgers, this man can't, this man can't keep a girlfriend. And suppose Shailene Woodley is calling the shots from behind the scenes, he's going to listen to her. Really? Who... Quoted, did not know a damn thing about football until she met Aaron Rodgers. Wouldn't know George Hallis from Vince Lombardi. Wouldn't know Ray Nitschke from 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 uh, from Dan Hampton. Wouldn't know Reggie White from Mike Singletary. Wouldn't know Brett Favre from Jim McMahon, and wouldn't know Mike Ditka from Mike Holmgren. That is a quote. Knew nothing. Didn't even know he played football. Now, whether it's her calling the shots behind the scenes or 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 this weird obsession or this weird out of out of reality fantasy that Aaron Rodgers is in because he thinks he's the next Alex Trebek. I don't know what it is, but he needs to snap out of it, get himself together and realize he signed a contract with the Green Bay Packers, get them a championship, quit screwing around and 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 and, and playing young and the restless with this nonsense. Has the Packers been perfect throughout this whole situation? How they've treated Aaron Rodgers? No. But has Aaron Rodgers been great on, on his end treating Green Bay? No, either. They both treated each other like crap. So, and, and if after all of this, Green Bay still committed with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers needs to do his part and be committed with Green Bay in return. It's ridiculous. Uh, he's he you know he doesn't know he don't, he don't know which way is up and his mind's spinning and he all of a sudden he thinks he's going to be the next Alex Trebek really Aaron you do realize that that the fact that you're being offered a Jeopardy job is because you're quarterback of the Green Bay Packers that's that's a brand in in America and and within the world of sports the Green Bay Packers have been a brand a hundred years a hundred a hundred and one hundred and two years going it's a brand. Green Bay Packers, it's a brand. Lombardi, Bart Starr, it's a brand. Brett Favre, it's a brand. Reggie White, it's a brand. It's a brand. It's a brand. Lambeau Field, it's a brand. Frozen Tundra, brand. And you do realize you'd take a pay cut if somehow, some way, they would be dumb enough to give you the Jeopardy job. Because from what I've heard and what I've read, 
he was an average, at best, average Jeopardy host. And he's taking the Packers and, and their fans, more importantly, who I feel the who I feel the most bad for. Pull taking their fan taking the Packers fans and, and taking the Packers and LaFleur who who we heard all for the last two years that they're joined in the hip joined at the hip and love with each other, taking them through all this turmoil and all this garbage and all this nonsense because Aaron Rodgers thinks he's Al, he's the next Alex Trebek. You're not Bob Barker, you're not Richard Dawson, you're not Alex Trebek, you're not uh Howie Mandel, you're not Pat Sajak, you're not Steve Harvey. You play football, you're you're a quarterback, not a game show host. Take a break, give you my thoughts on the draft. This is the I'm like a TIS podcast coming up. Or coming back, excuse me, right after this. Welcome back to the I'm Tell Like TIS podcast. Switching gears now it's from Aaron Rodgers to what this weekend should have been about, and that's the young prospects who uh, got drafted into the NFL as the 2021 NFL draft comes to a close. Before I break down uh, the players and the selections and anything else, and by the way, if I'll save my thoughts on who the Bengals drafted for Wednesday's episode so I can decompress not be overly emotional with it. Go and you know look at some of these guys' tapes because after about round number two, I wouldn't know any of these players if they if they fell on me. So I'll save my thoughts on how the Bengals did for Wednesday. But as far as the rest of these 31 NFL teams are concerned, and before I even get to them, uh, with the draft, you know I enjoyed it. I you know in the past, and I've been on record of saying you know. Prior to last year, I'm not a huge NFL draft guy. I think, I think the hype around it being this big time sporting event, I think is a is a tad bit overrated, uh, because after after the first day, it kind of lags on, and you know, it's just I like it, and it was, and especially last year, you had no sports to watch. It was absolutely phenomenal. It was the only sporting event, quote unquote, that was on television. And this year, I liked it too. Um, building on the on the momentum of last year and having it in front of people again and this that and the other, but um, so I liked it. So I liked it. Um, you know, again, in the past, you know, I'd rather you know me person. In the past, my mindset has been I'd rather watch I'd rather watch games than watch a bunch of guys you know sitting around you know with the stage in the background as people walk up to a podium to announce uh, a bunch of draft picks. So that that you know, I'd rather watch NBA playoff basketball or watch uh, watch the Orioles play than watch the NFL draft, and that's been my philosophy, and that's been my thinking 
prior to last year. Now I think as I go on, I'm gonna be in. This is gonna be a regular, reoccurring thing as far as getting into the NFL uh, draft is concerned, especially because you know you don't have NBA playoff basketball yet because of the delayed start of their season, and it also helps that uh, you know that the first night of the draft the Orioles played at one o'clock in the afternoon. The second night of the draft they played at nine thirty at night. And the last day of the draft, which, you know, I paid attention to, had it on in the background as I went about my day today on Saturday, because you don't have to be glued in front of TV, pick by pick like you would the first two nights of the draft. And the Orioles played at 4.30 this afternoon as the draft, uh, or 4, excuse me, 4 o'clock this afternoon as the, uh, as, the draft was, as the draft was winding down. As far as the event as the NFL draft is concerned, <clears throat> um... Good energy, having people back, you know, having fans, you know, having fans a part of the event, that was good. Um, you'd think they'd pick a location better than Cleveland, especially because of the fact that, you know, First Energy Stadium and the stage they built right outside First Energy Stadium is literally sitting on top of Lake Erie. So, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough, it's a tough little, uh, it's a tough production to watch when you know the a when the ABC slash ESPN and NFL Network broadcasting folks, you know, I got Desmond Howard has a hood has a has the hood of his hoodie on his head to keep you know to keep his uh, head from freezing off, and I got essentially everyone out there on the set, you know, wearing uh wearing trench coats and 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 Maria Taylor dress you know Maria Taylor uh, got layer has a bunch of layers on and snow boots, and uh, while the, while everyone Kirk Herbstreet Reese Davis whole nine yards is you know got big puffy gloves on, and you look at the calendar it's end of April heading into early into early May and everyone's dressed like it's April 30th instead of uh, or excuse me dressed like it's November 30th instead of April 30th so I wish they could have and I understand they're going to save Vegas till next year but you know you think you could have picked a little bit of a warmer cli uh, climate that has a little bit nicer weather the back end of April uh, I'm just saying you know when the when the wind's whipping around all over the place it's to the point you can see see the uh, you know the people on television's papers blowing up you know blowing all over the place and them and getting to the point where it's so cold they gotta wear uh, hats and gloves and scarves and ski caps you know like this draft is taking place middle of January it's 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 a, it's a rough broadcast considering that the NFL has now done this like a Super Bowl where every city essentially gets to host a draft like they're hosting a Super Bowl instead of having it in the Radio City Musical which they've had it you know, in, in indoors in an indoor setting for the last whatever it might be prior to a couple of years ago. So that's the first thing. Second thing is the first round, the night of third or the first round on Thursday took way, 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 way too long. Okay, you cannot have 32 teams, not even because a couple teams had you know because the the Rams, the Chiefs, the Seahawks, and I think the Houston Texans. Went went without first round draft picks, so not even thirty two teams. It's like twenty something. About I think uh, about twenty eight, twenty nine teams had for, had first round draft picks. You cannot have one round of of drafting take four hours long. 
I'm sorry. We don't need Kings of Leon with a concert to open things up, wasting our time 20 minutes. A band that no one ever has, no one's ever heard of, and, and it's not mainstream, and it's not a quote-unquote popular band. I mean, wasting our time with that for the first 20 minutes. We don't need a background story, you know, on Trevor Lawrence's life and his career at Clemson and go through his wedding albums and his family and see what and see where he's hanging out at watching the draft and no one in America cares about that. Where everyone in their mother knew knows heading into heading into Thursday night who is who has who has an ounce of football knowledge knew, knows that Trevor Lawrence was going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we don't need to sit up here and waste a half hour, eight forty five at night for the first pick you know, eight thirty at night for the first pick to be in to find out that Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cut down cut down on the garbage and on the nonsense. I don't need to get done when he gets to the podium, you know, giving us giving us some some backstory of some of some random that's about to announce that's about to announce the uh, you know the seventy third pick of the draft. I don't need that. I, please, I, and they did it the first night of the draft. I, I don't need that. Please, please, please. I don't need that as well. That also holds it up. I don't need the background stories of these players. I don't need these little fun facts about these players. I'm not interested. Just get, announce the pick. See them happy. See them get excited. See them put the hat on for about five seconds. If they're in attendance, have them dap up Goodell, pose, pose, pose with Goodell. Show me, show me their uh, their college highlights, and then move on to the next pick. Okay, we don't we don't need we don't need to have 10 15 minutes in between every pick and have Goodell give background stories of these no name unknowns that no one in America ever has heard of nor cares about. They're just they just announced the dopey draft pick and just keep it moving. We don't need that. We don't need a concert preluding the draft. Eight o'clock when when they say on on the TV guy that the draft starts at eight o'clock, Trevor Lawrence needs to be announced at eight oh two, eight oh five. Not eight ten, not eight fifteen, not eight twenty, not eight twenty five, not eight twenty seven, not eight thirty two. Eight oh five at the eight oh five eight oh five eight ten at the latest. Too, too too much garbage. I understand they're trying to make up for lost time and try to you know do what you know do many things that they weren't able to do last year. But still, can we keep it moving, please? Can't you know four four out four hours for an NFL draft one rounds worth? We're not all thirty two teams are even picking. Come on. Come on, on on a thir- on a Thursday night when people have to have to get up and go to school or go to work the next day. Too long, four hours. To start at eight something at night and didn't until well after midnight. Too long for an NFL draft. Come on, let's, come on, Just keep it moving, building more. You know, this pick, this, this, this team's on the clock. Okay, pick is in. Okay, let's go. Come on, keep this moving. Can't can't afford to sit up here, and stay up five hours, toothpicks in our eyes, sitting up here because we got to figure out, you know, who the uh, trying to figure out who the Baltimore Ravens are going to pick for the uh, you know for the thirty first spot in the first round. Taking too long. I mean, my good. I mean, by the time the by the time not counting the Chicago Bears, by the time the playoff team started the draft, not counting Washington and not counting uh, Green uh, Chicago because they had five because they were at eight and eight or worse. But by the time you got to the thick of the playoff teams that drafted in the first round on Thursday night. It was it was it was well after ten o'clock. 
by the time the Raven, by the time you got to the teams that competed in the conference championship games, it was it was it was going it was going on midnight. Way too long, way 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 too long. If flip if if NFL games by themselves don't take four hours, why why does the draft take four hours of one round? If you can get a draft, if you can, here's the thing that I also don't understand. If you can get, a, if you can get two rounds in on Friday night from seven at night till just about midnight, that's five hours worth, and you go through two rounds. Can't you? You should be able to, you know, have the draft start at eight o'clock first round and be done and be done by ten o'clock, ten thirty. We shouldn't be sitting there for we shouldn't be sitting there for an NFL draft longer than two hours and thirty minutes. I'm sorry. Too it's too long, too long. Announce the pick. No backstories. Keep it moving. Let's go. Keep the train rolling. Come on. That's the that's my opinion on the on on the draft event. Uh, uh, you know, as itself. Outside of the fact that they had the poor people of ESPN slash ABC and NFL Network sitting up there, you know, wearing heated blankets when they're not on camera and having these large uh, space heaters to keep to make sure that the toes don't fall off because of the lake effect wind coming off Lake Erie that made that made forty five fifty degrees feel like thirty five and twenty degrees. But that's my thoughts on the event itself, the only two pet peeves. You knew that Lawrence, as far as the players are concerned, you knew Lawrence was going number one. Jags had their franchise quarterback be, you know, be, uh, have to see if he, if he'll be able to, uh, if he'll be able to, um, um, not flow, what's the word I'm looking for? Ease his way into uh, the NFL as far as quarterback play is, as far as, uh, quarterback play is concerned. be interesting to see that and to see how well he and Urban Meyer, um, and as far as he and Urban, and to see uh, the Urban Meyer-Trevor Lawrence dynamic is concerned, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, you knew that the Jets were going to take Zach Wilson at two. Again, out of BYU, I just don't see that much special about him. That's just me personally, but the Jets... Uh, they felt like that they had their franchise quarterback in Donald. That flopped. Let's see if Robert Sala and his crew can do something with Zach Wilson, who they got in number two. Uh, I was shocked that that you know Tamp that that uh, that uh, San Francisco traded up with Miami uh, to number three to to go get Trey Lance, who no who no one in America has ever heard of at a North Dakota state. Who what? Yeah, North Dakota state. Playing no, playing no one who barely even who barely played college football in his collegiate days at North Dakota State, and you know Kyle Shanahan who thinks he you know who thinks he's smarter than Belichick and thinks he's the smart and when it comes to these football decisions and making a roster and everything else thinks he's thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Thinks he's the smart. Th- thinks he's the smartest. Gets, thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And he says, "Man, he trades up to to get Trey Lance when he had uh, when you know when he had an opportunity to either trade for Aaron Rodgers because that news broke out before the draft started, or or they could have gotten 
or they could, or they had the opportunity to get Mac Jones or Justin Fields or somebody like that, and they go ahead and they pick a guy who's barely played college football. So, uh, so you know, it, it'd be interesting to see uh, how if if the Forty ers crash and burn at the hands of uh, at the hands of Kyle Shanahan, you know, who you know, boy wonder who thinks he's the smartest football coach to ever do the job, yet he's blown two Super Bowls within the last uh, five six years. Twenty-eight to three with with uh, with the Falcons after Julio Jones made that phenomenal catch and and they and they pissed away that lead against the Patriots in the second half and then instead of getting instead of moaning and groaning at Aaron Andrews about that George Kittle offensive pass interference call at the end of the first half and allowing his players to go out there and pose and pose for magazine and uh, newspaper uh, covers. You know, when they got the interception off Mahomes in the beginning of the fourth quarter in Super Bowl uh, 54, he should have gotten his troops together and say, hey, guys, this game is not over and not allow the Chiefs to uh, come back down double digits and end up beating uh, and end up beating uh, San Francisco by two touchdowns. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, the fourth pick, Kyle Pitts. Um, Atlanta, you know, they had the mindset they can still compete. Um, they they can still compete with Matt Ryan at quarterback. I honestly, with the Falcons, I don't even know how you even go with that number four pick. Get a quarterback, and I I just I mean I don't know how I feel about the Falcons pick. To be quite honest with you, I'll skip the Bengals pick and save it and save it for third. Excuse me, save it for um, save it for um, uh, Wednesday. Uh, as far as the Dolphins are concerned, picking Jalen Waddle, the uh, Devontae Smith's uh, wet, uh, main man in crime, uh, what's the phrase? Um, uh, partner in crime, there it is. And down in Alabama, the Eagles finally do their job and get a wide receiver. They reunite Waddle with Hurts, two, uh, obviously, the two Alabama, or excuse me, uh, Waddle with uh, Sagamaloa, excuse me. Um, they're two guys out of Alabama. Um, so they get so they get Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, 5'10", 180 pounds. Um, finally, Howie Roseman, who has been uh, rightfully, who has been criticized a lot, and rightfully so. Finally, uh, got his head out of the sand and realized that they needed to do a better job drafting wide receivers when the wide receivers are there to be had. And so they and so they did. You know, they missed out on Justin Jefferson last year. They capitalized on Jalen Waddle as far as their uh, first pick in the first round at pick number six. Um, the Lions get the Lions get Panay Sewell, the tackle out of Oregon. Many of whom who have compared him to to be the next Jonathan Ogden. Uh, the, the Oregon could, or excuse me, the Lions could win anywhere in this draft. Weapons wide receiver, they could have went wide receiver, could have went running back, could have went of many different ways. They decided to give an offensive tackle to protect Goff and whoever their next franchise quarterback would be. Uh, I was very high on Sewell. Obviously, my Bengals didn't get on my thoughts on that. Of course, on Wednesday. But the Lions could win many directions. They chose offensive linemen. You can't fault them for that at number seven. Number eight, the uh, Carolina Panthers uh, draft former Saint wide former uh, Saint player uh, Joe Horn, J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. 
They go quarter. They go cornerback. Their Panthers obviously looking to rebuild their their uh, what what was their elite defense from just a short five six seasons ago. Uh, Matt Rule and company down at uh, Carolina. They got their franchise quarterback and Sam Donald via trade earlier in the month of April. So they start the the building blocks as far as the defense is concerned. They get J C Horn. Good pick with them. Uh, Pat Sertain the second. They get the cor- They get a corner. Uh, from Alabama, they get a corner from Alabama. You could, you know, you could see that, you know, the Denver, you know, Denver getting a quarterback or uh, getting, or you know, getting a, you know, they could have went many of other ways. Decided to get certain and again build up that defense that was that was good. A la Carolina's a few short a short while ago, about five six years ago, when those two teams competed in Super Bowl Fifty for the two thousand and fifteen NFL Championship. And then my man Devontae Smith uh, got drafted number ten by the Eagles. That, that so I screwed up. So I screwed up with the with uh, with Jalen Waddle. That was the that was the Dolphins pick. My apologies. So what I said about Howie Roseman applies here. He missed out on Je- Je- Justin Jefferson last year. He makes up for it and he gets one of the best uh, non quarterbacks uh, in heading into this year's draft, as we discussed with Brendan on Thursday, and that is the explosive and the elite Devonta Smith. So it looks like Harry Roseman has found the error of his ways, got his head out of the sand, and will give Jalen Hurts some help uh, reuniting him with his uh, with his Alabama teammate in Devonta Smith up in Philadelphia, while the Dolphins get Jalen Waddle and reunite him with uh, Tua. That's my mistake, uh, confusing the Dolphins pick. Well, I mean they got they got two Alabama quarterbacks and both drafted two Alabama wide receivers, so you can see how I could get confused on that. Um, with number twelve, the Chicago Bears draft Justin Fields, who I thought, uh, me personally, was was the second best pick in the draft. Um, good arm. He's got a good, he's got a fin- good size, six three, two twenty seven. Had that phenomenal performance against a gutty, gutsy performance against Clemson in the Sugar Bowl back on New Year's Day. Um, I think I think the Bears got the second be- second best quarterback in the draft. To be quite honest with you, Bears finally learned their lesson and got a uh, and got a good and got a good again. Obviously, Lawrence wasn't there to be had. I think Fields will be a better quarterback than Lance, most certainly. Uh, Mac Jones, who knows? But uh, Justin Fields goes. Uh, Justin Fields goes number eleven to the Chicago Bears. Interesting. I like the pick because again, I think I th- thought heading in. I. Th- uh, I had the opinion that heading into this draft that Fields was the second best quarterback out of this draft class heading into Thursday, and good for the Eagles not letting a, not letting another another quarterback uh, pass them by that couldn't that it couldn't end up being have the potential to be an all time great. The only problem is that you sh- that that state that that you know that they signed Andy Dalton when they promised their fans Russell Wilson. And oh, by the way, still have Nick Foles on the roster, which is a hairy uh, predicament for the Chicago Bears to be in as well. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys drafted Micaiah Parsons out of Penn State. They need they need linebacker help in the worst way. You know, Sean Lee. Uh, they took a hit to the linebacker court when Sean Lee announced his retirement earlier in the month of April. Dallas, if you recall, they were one of the worst defenses in the National Football League, twenty eighth in the league. Um. 
They always they got Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh at a linebacker as well. But um but Vanderesh who missed thirteen who's missed thirteen games over the last two seasons. They get Micaiah Parsons out of Penn State for the number twelfth pick for the Dallas Cowboys. They needed they needed to build the Davis in the worst way imaginable. In this draft, they've done that pretty well. Um I'll give you a couple other thoughts here. Um the Jets got Alaya Vera Tucker to protect uh, to protect Walt, Zach Wilson. Same thing with the Chargers. They got Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern to protect um, Justin Herbert. Uh, before I, I want to save Mac Jones as late as I possibly can. They drafted uh, the Giants drafted Kadarius Tony when they uh, could have you know when they already signed, when they already got Darius Slayton, Kenny signed Kenny Do- Kenny Galladay and have Sherling Shepard on the roster. They get him when they could have won a, a numerous of other options at wide receiver. The Giants did. No excuse for Daniel Jones in 2021. Uh, let's say the, the Steelers' Harris picks. I want to harp on that a little bit. Uh, let's see. Ravens get wide receiver Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Uh, a good route runner. Uh, can beat uh, press coverage. Has good hands. Not a bad pick by... Um, What's his face? Eric DaCosta. Uh, John, uh, the Packers go cornerback. Go cornerback. Um, you know, go cornerback uh, with the go cornerback. Cor- excuse me, with their first with their first round pick. Uh, of course, Aaron Rodgers is not going to like that. You know, of course, could need some wide receiver help uh, as much as possible. But we have the but at the same time we have the 29th pick in the draft because you were one of the final four teams of the league that year is kind of, you know, what what can you do? Um, ESPN gave them a rating in the mid-70s, if you care. Um, Ravens with the Chiefs pick with the Orlando Brown trade got an, all, got an outside linebacker and Odife Owa, Owe, whatever, however you pronounce his name. Uh, people say he's got a high ceiling linebacker, outside linebacker out of Penn State. Want to build that linebacking core as well. Uh, been a mission for the Ravens for the last few years especially with Ray Lewis retiring going on 10 years ago and of course when he let CJ Mosley walk uh to the uh, to the New York Jets last off season. Um as far as I want to harp on Mac Jones and I want to get to Najee Harris the Steelers pick and then take a break and get on to LeBron James. Uh as far as the as far as um as far as the um uh as far and I and I, if you want me to, I could give you these grades and my opinions of the draft, you know, later on. But as far as the Patriots drafting Mac Jones, is it was very. Um, I thought the Patriots and I came out here on record and had a feeling that the Patriots were going to get Justin Fields because I because I had the idea that Newton was going to be a mentor to Fields and kind of have that mentor mentorship and everything else. But then again, when you think about it, Mac Jones played for Saban. Saban and Belichick are close. Saban was on Belichick's staff uh, when Belichick was the head coach in Cleveland. Um. So and Belichick wouldn't give or recommend a wouldn't recommend a player that that uh, Saban didn't think could play couldn't play at the NFL level. So uh, he goes from the greatest college coach of all time to the greatest NFL coach of all time. Um. My uh, just for me. Just for me, me personally, uh, you know, I think when you got again Waddle Smith and uh, and got uh, Harris in the backfield, 
you know, those, and we got those combinations of those three players, they can make it look good. And, and Mac Jones barely had to lift a finger. Didn't have to play in a game where didn't have to play in a game where he had to make a big play, make make a big play with his legs rolling outside the pocket, uh, throw the ball deep downfield, make a make a uh, champion, make a Hall of Fame quarterback worthy decision on third and long, down three, down six, down seven, down eight, down ten, down thirteen points, having to come back. You know, Alabama blew the living crap out of their opponents this year, so he didn't. So he didn't have to, uh, you know. So he didn't have to worry. He just he just wasn't put in those predicaments, which is what you'd worry about. Which is what you'd worry about, to be quite honest with you. Um, but Belichick saw something in him. Uh, we'll see if Belichick, if this if this uh, pick hits or misses. You would imagine that that Jones and Newton would essentially duke it out for the starting for the starting job week one. Um, they got Newton. They again, Patriots signed Newton. Just you know, giving Newton the benefit of the doubt because he was playing so well the first uh, few weeks of the season, and then he got COVID. Then he eventually fell off. He didn't have a normal off season. Didn't have a normal training camp. He signed with the team late in the off season too. So, uh, Belichick willing to give Newton the benefit of the doubt on that regard, at least giving him another opportunity to prove that he can be the starting quarterback for the Patriots. And I would imagine he either got Jones as a project, have him sit a few years, watch and observe, and then eventually put, and then essentially uh, throw him into the fire or have him right out the get gate, fight Cam Newton for the starting job week one for the New England Patriots, or just to essentially see if Cam Newton has that dog in him and can, and essentially uh, has more, more in the tank as far as playing, uh, as far as being a starting quarterback in this league is concerned than a lot of us uh, may indeed realize. But again, Mac Jones with their pick at number 15. He was the he was the last big-name quarterback to uh, outside of Book and uh, outside of Ian Book at a Notre Dame and Kyle Trask at a Florida who he knew was going to go in the later rounds uh, after Thursday. But he was the last quarterback in the first round that was taken at number, at a number 15, Fields, Lance, Wilson, Lawrence all went before he did. Um, so be interesting to see the dynamic with Mac Jones and in, uh, in, with the Patriots as far as uh, that scenario is as far as that a scenario is concerned. Uh, as far as Najee Harris is concerned, who was drafted by the Steelers with the twenty fourth pick at running back. Um, listen, the Steelers running game was atrocious in twenty twenty. We all get that. We all understand that. And uh, and and uh, Connor James Connor was not a threat. Was not a running back threat under any circumstances, uh, as he's now with the Arizona Cardinals. He was not a uh, a running threat under any circumstances for the Steelers, and their running offense was one of the worst in football. Uh, the problem is with this pick is the fact that one of the reasons why Pittsburgh. Their running their running offense was so bad last year is be is because of the fact that they rarely run the ball because they got to placate the Ben Roethlisberger because he's a 38, 39 year old quarterback that has that has the organization by the you know what so you take that you throw that into the equation on top on top of the fact that that their offensive lineman is either reti- is either washed up or or in uh, Pouncey's case retired. Um, so not only because of the fact that they had Feetner and, and had Feetner 
had Roethlisberger threw Feetner call the shots, and essentially, which is why they threw the ball 75% of the time, which is one reason why they had the worst running offenses in football, not just because of the uh, the power thing with Big Ben and, and such, but also on, on because of the fact that their, that their offensive linemen was just, were they you know, they need to rebuild their offensive line. And they're essentially throwing all their chips into the middle of the table, banking on the fact that somehow, some way, they will have another 11-0-ish start to some capacity in 2021, be competitive against against the Packers if Aaron Rodgers is on the team come uh, come this fall, be competitive against the Packers and and the Bills and and uh, and the you know and the and the Kansas City Chiefs who they're going to have to play and you know all those teams who are Super Bowl favorites and are and made the playoffs just like Pittsburgh did, and they're suddenly throwing all their chips into the middle of the table, banking on the fact that they can essentially keep pace with Kansas City as far as best record in the AFC somehow, some fend off Cleveland and Baltimore, and at the same time and at the same time uh, take care of business and uh, keep their eyes on the Buffalo Bills in the, in the AFC East. And also count on the fact that uh, that the uh, that the Dolphins, who had a winning record last year, don't improve and somehow sneak sneak their way in, into the playoffs as a, as a wild card team. So, they, and they're breaking on a lot of things, very unrealistic, but hey, the Steelers don't tank. And they needed to go offensive lineman in the worst way imaginable. They went running back. The run, one of the reasons why the running back is terrible, again, whether why their running game is terrible again because their offensive line, because uh, their offensive line is a major Achilles heel for this team. Not to mention, of course, Big Ben calling the shots, and wanting to throw the football every single time he drops back. Uh, you know, every, every single snap, eighty percent of the time. So I like nothing against Najee Harris, the player, or him personally, but it was a bad pick and and a not and it wasn't a smart decision as far as the Pittsburgh. Steelers are concerned. Trying to patch a gunshot wound with a band-aid never, ever ends well. Um, and that's basically been and that's basically my opinion. At least with the first round of the 2020 NFL draft. You want to go number two? Uh, you want to go number two? Uh, you had, uh, you know, you had, uh, you had um, Kyle Trask. Who, whenever Brady retires, whether it's 2024, 2025, or 2027, whenever it is, you would think that Kyle Trask would be Brady's replacement down in Tampa. They drafted him on Friday night. Interesting pick there. Uh, maybe if it, maybe they may have used it as a psychological piece for Brady to get him to give him a little kick in the kick in the pants to to you know to push him over the edge to get you know to make it get in his head so he can essentially. Uh, go off in 2021 and have the Buccaneers repeat. Um, the uh, if you let's see, uh, the Chiefs build uh, invested in an offensive line this draft. They drafted a center in the in the second round, uh, third round they drafted. Uh, they they went offensive line heavy. In this draft, uh, they drafted a center in the third and in the second round. Fourth round, they drafted a uh, uh, well. They went defensive end in the fourth round. Uh, round number five, they went. Where they go? Number five. Number five, they went wide receiver. Uh, I know they, they went crazy in draft. I can't seem to pull them up right now. They went center in the second round. 
offensive guard in the what round is this? In the in the sixth, uh, they went they went uh, defense they went defense and a wide receiver with their other picks. And then in the last round, number seven, who did they go? They went no, that was it. They so they got a wide receiver, a pass rusher, and two offense and two offensive linemen, a guard in the center. So you can already tell that the Chiefs aren't messing around and are going to make it their mission to protect their franchise and their future in Patrick Mahomes. Give you my thoughts on the Bengals drafting on Wednesday. Ravens got got wide receiver help and win and win defense with their draft picks as well, building up the secondary and building up uh, their defense as well from the players that they that they have had to uh, say goodbye within the last couple of years, and they hope that Bateman can become that solid number one wide receiver that they've uh, been waiting on, the wide receiver out of the University of Minnesota. But there you have it, your that my little recap of the 2021 NFL. Uh, draft be interesting to see how all these players pan out. Uh, if if a lot of them, uh, if a lot of them, especially in the later rounds, end up making the team and how they play in preseason, and if they make the make the fifty three man roster, how they play once week one gets here. But we say goodnight as far as the NFL draft is concerned, at least to Wednesday when I give you my in depth thoughts with the Bengals. Uh, take a break, wrap things up to talk to give you my uh, two cents on LeBron James coming back from injury. Don't go anywhere back after this. Welcome back to the Amateur Like TIAS podcast. Switching gears now to the NBA because the game's biggest star is back from injury or was on Friday night, and that is uh, LeBron James, who returned from injury, who returned from injury on Friday against the Sacramento Kings. He had not played a ge- he had not played a game since uh, March the twentieth had missed uh, the rest of the month of March and essentially all of April played the last day has been a, has been out for about a, for a little over a month uh with an in, with uh, with his injury he came back against Sacramento on Friday night and put up 16 min- and put up 16 minutes played 30 put up 16 points excuse me played 31 minutes had uh, had two steals seven assists and a block uh, in their loss to Sacramento, uh, in their loss to Sacramento on Friday night, 
Um, eight rebounds, seven assists, 32 minutes, 16 points for LeBron again uh, one more time. He uh, played, you know, he pushed the envelope, played over 30 minutes in the game, first game back from injury. You knew LeBron was just itching to get back out there. Again, Lakers not trying to overdo it and trying to essentially throw him into the deep end of the pool immediately, especially against the lowly Sacramento Kings first game back. You totally get that. You totally understand that. Um Missed a potential game winning three, so you knew that you know when that three didn't go in for LeBron and had the potential to win the game for him, you knew that he was like, all right, all right, we got him now. All right, I'm back, I'm back now, Just like you know James Brown style, you know, get up off it. So you know he, you know he was, uh, you knew the blood was was uh, flowing through his body. You know when he, you know when that uh, when that three ball you know when that three ball game winning three ball didn't hit you knew LeBron was like all right it ain't, it ain't gonna take me long it's just a matter of time till till uh, you know till I you know till I go uh, you know what mode on everybody and I start uh you know an NBA uh, watch out because you know we're on a mission to repeat as NBA champions but. Um, you know, they, the Lakers did a bad job allowing the lowly Kings, you know, to, to stick with them as the as they lost uh, as they lost to uh, as they lost to the Kings uh, as they lost to the Kings last night uh, as they lost as they lost to the Kings on Friday night. But uh, LeBron getting back into the fold of things and back, getting back to into the swing of things with the Lakers, um, if you check out the standings in a Western Conference to see where the Lakers are, they currently hold the fifth seed, seventh seed or less. Uh, you have to play that play-in tournament. Uh, they hold the fifth seed, a half game above uh, Dallas, uh, for that, for a half game above Dallas with for the fifth seed, that, which the Lakers are currently in in the Western Conference. Um, nine games back of the Phoenix Suns for the number one seed in the Western Conference. If you care, they're at 36 and 27. They play the Toronto Raptors tomorrow. LeBron James, if it means anything, is questionable heading into Sunday's game against uh, uh, against the Raptors. Within their division, they are, I can give you that right quick before we end out the show. The Lakers are nine games back behind Phoenix for the for first place in the Pacific Division. Currently, uh, seven and a half games out of uh, their uh, of their ten of their Staples Center tenant in the L.A. Clippers for second place in their Pacific Division. Listen, season's coming down. The NBA regular season is uh, coming down the home stretch. We'll be in the playoffs before you know it. Lakers have no chance of, of competing for a championship without LeBron James on the floor and considering that he was in a position to make it albeit you hate losing to the lowly uh, to the lowly Kings uh, at home no less and and LeBron did play a 32 did play a uh, did play you know a decent amount of minutes 32 uh, on Friday night and you know he had a chance to hit, hit you know game winning three ball goes in he's a hero oh look at LeBron first game back hits a game winning three to uh you know, for the win to for the Lakers to uh, beat uh, to beat Sacramento, but it shouldn't take it shouldn't take long for LeBron James to get back into the swing of things for he and Anthony Davis to get back in sync, and if and for it to be all systems go as far as the 2020-2021 L.A. Lakers are concerned at making their uh, as make uh, as far as their run to repeat as NBA champions, but. 
It won't take long for LeBron James to get back into the swing of things with Davis and his teammates. And pretty soon, the L.A. Lakers will be that force to be reckoned with, no matter what seed they're at, as far as uh, the team to beat in the Western Conference. But I had to give you my two cents on LeBron. Gave you, uh, gave you my opinion on the Aaron Rodgers fiasco. And uh, gave you my thoughts on the 2021 NFL Draft as it came to a close on Saturday. This has been another episode of the I'm going to tell you like a T.I. Like, like is podcast. Well, I don't know why the last couple days I, I'm having issues saying the, saying the name of my own freaking show. I'm going to tell you like a T.I. is podcast. There you go. Follow me on, on socials at the J Shield. If you haven't listened to it, or excuse me, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe already. If you haven't, share it with your friends and family. Uh, text message, Twitter, Instagram, DMs, whatever. Tag the show on Twitter and Instagram at Amatel, like at Amatel underscore podcast on Instagram, at Amatel, at Amatel underscore it, T-I-S. It's your boy, Josh Shield. Stay safe, get vaccinated, talk to you Wednesday. Y'all take care. See ya.